Well, God's good. Uh, if you, uh, we're still if offerings. If you did tithes or offerings, we're still boxes in the back. So if you, you know, on your way out, you're welcome to do that. Praise God, and we appreciate your faithfulness uh, to uh, stand with and support. Uh, the work of the Lord here, praise God. We give God praise for y'all. Praise the Lord. God's good. Miss Amy tore it up last, last week. Praise the Lord. She did a good job, didn't she? Yeah, praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Looks like I can go away a lot long, a lot more times. Praise God. We had a good trip. Praise God. For those that didn't know, my uh, father was celebrating his 80th birthday. Praise God. So the whole family went and connected with, with him and celebrated with him. Amen, and we were kind of hoping maybe uh, they were going to come back with us, but uh, that didn't happen, but it's all right, so everything's good, so, but uh, we sure enjoyed our time together, and um, you know, um, as Trudy said, we're, we're doing great, even though she told me to slow down way too much, more than once, yeah, more than once. Every stretch of the road. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but it's all good. Praise the Lord. How did I like to get to my destination? Quick. I like to get there whole. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's all good. Praise the Lord. No, praise God. It's good to be back. Praise the Lord. Turn with me, if you will, to Second Peter. Second Peter, chapter one, please. Second Peter. Chapter, oh, dismiss the kids again. I forgot that again, didn't I? We'll dismiss the kids. Praise God. Give the teachers and kids a hand clap. What a blessing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know why I always forget that, but I do. All right, 2 Peter is where we're going. Chapter 1. Now, uh, some of this is, was in some of your uh, weekly reading uh, about a, oh, probably about a week or so back, I guess it was now. Uh, but uh, something kind of jumped in me. Uh, oh, I guess I guess about a week ago, and um, we've been, you know, my time with you on Sunday, been talking a lot about finishing this race, doing it right, uh, you know, not not um, backing up, pulling back, or drawing back. Come on, somebody, but moving forward. Right. Amen. One of the biggest things that we're dealing with in the body of Christ right now is casualness, And it's backing up. It's, uh, you know, it's be uh, this spirit of ease that tries to come on where we just, you know, we just kind of settle down and, and we try to avoid everything, avoid the pressures, avoid the, uh, you know, conflict, avoid whatever it is that's trying to push against you. And we just kind of find ourselves just kind of, you know, slithering back and, 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 and hiding back in the shadow, so to speak, and, and you know, just want to live our lives. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to, no problems, no whatever it is. And, and not that we're praying for problems. Nobody needs to pray for that. I mean, no, it's out there but the problem that we have is everybody's has oh I shouldn't say everybody but a big part of the body of Christ has a tendency to just kind of get get casual and the word warns you about getting casual and so uh, I just kind of felt in my heart you know every week I'm just going to kind of do everything I can to keep you stirred up look at your neighbor and say I think you need some I mean no that's true right Come on now, listen, if you, if, you, if you came to church just to sit and do nothing, you came to the wrong church. Amen. Because uh, it's not what it's about. It's about growing up. It's about going up. It's about maturing. It's about, amen, finishing this thing. Amen. 
Praise God for all the, uh, you know, the great testimonies of uh, people who've come into the kingdom and how they came into the kingdom. And some of you had some, some great testimonies. Mine's kind of dull. I got saved in a car all by myself by just calling out on God because of something I heard in a message of uh, Andrew Walmack was ministering one time and, and uh, uh, I got to sit in on some meetings and some things the man said just kind of stirred in me. And about, I suppose, probably about a week later or something like that, I just kind of called out to God and I uh, guess it stuck. But uh, so my testimony, maybe that's about as, you know, about the extent of it. Some people had some glorious things that happened and zing, zang, zow, pow, zing, bang. I mean, something happened and whoo, man, God showed up and everybody was amazed and praise the Lord. But how many know that doesn't matter a hill of bean if you ain't going to finish? Because it's about finishing this thing, not about starting it only. Praise God for the great start, but how many know we called to finish? Look at your neighbor and say, we got to get to the end. Praise God. All right, so with that said, chapter 1, verse 1 of 2 Peter says this, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith. Okay, so we know he's talking to the church. He's talking to people of like precious faith. All right. Now, I just like to kind of myself, I look at this, I'm doing the same thing. I'm taking Peter's words, amen, talking to you, uh, people of like precious faith. Look at your neighbor and say, praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. This is a word for you. Amen. So those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. In other words, by His glory, His virtue. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, through these promises, you may be partakers... Of the divine nature. Everybody say divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In other words, amen, you're, you're different now. You're not the same person you used to be. You're not called to back up. You're called to move forward. And then it says, but also, here we go, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Here we say, add to your faith. Add to your faith. This word means to fully supply. Hallelujah. It means to aid or contribute to what's necessary. It means to furnish beside. This word to add to. It means it means to furnish beside. In other words, whatever's already there, we're called to add to it. That means no stopping. No slowing down. No backing up. Come on, somebody. There's always this thing. No matter how often you read this, it updates. We're called to add, amen, in our life. There's things to be added. Has anybody here arrived yet? Is anybody in here saved? All right, but you haven't arrived yet. Has anybody got all the answers? Now, there's some people you talk to that may think they might, but we don't have all the answers, right? So every day, we have things to learn, things to grow in, things to be added. It's not too deep. We're just saying, okay, so we have to understand, we have to be okay with the fact that there are things that need to be added in our life. Now, he goes on to talk in here, amen, he says this, uh, giving all diligence, add to your faith to uh, virtue, 
Then to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. A lot of stuff being added. We're going to come back to that here in a minute. For if these things are yours and abound, in other words, if these things are working in you, you will be neither barren, okay, or useless, okay, nor unfruitful. In other words, you're going to be, hallelujah, productive, and you're going to be uh, fruitful, right, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who lacks these things, in other words, if you're not going to take the time to add these things in your life, to build on these things, you're going to end up being short-sighted, even to blindness. And it says, has forgotten uh, that he was cleansed from his old sin. In other words, you forget where you're going, you forget who you were, and you slide back into who you were before you knew Christ. Now, I'm not saying you're not saved no longer, but I'm just saying... If you're not moving forward, it's like we brought out, you know, several weeks back. If you're not transforming by the word of God, you are automatically conforming to the world. Automatically slide backwards. You say, well, I just don't believe in growing anymore. I think I got enough of God. Well, I'm just telling you, you, doesn't, you don't just stay in one spot and don't go nowhere. If you're not moving forward, you're backing up. Are you still with me? Look at your neighbors. We've got to keep moving forward. Verse 10, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent. There's that word again. To make your call and election sure. In other words, all that you're invited and called to do. Amen. Make sure this is sure or stable. Praise God. Or firm, founded. Praise God. For if you do these things, I love this. You, what a promise. You will never stumble. But you've got to be willing to move forward. That doesn't mean you're not going to, you know, have a moment or two, but it's talking about if you want to uh, be in a place in your life where you're not stumbling all the time, doing face plants all the time, come on, somebody, then you're going to have to be, be seriousness, serious enough about this, about moving forward in God. All right. Then it says, amen, for an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly. In other words, an opening, an entrance, praise God, will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this word kingdom means rule, reign, or realm. It's not talking about heaven. It's talking about the realm of God, the rule of God, the reign of God, amen, the things of God, amen. If you want an entrance into the things of God, you got to be willing to move forward. Are you with me? All right. If you, want, if you want these kind of things to open up for you, then you're going to have to be willing to move forward, let some things be added to you. Has anybody ever been rebuked? Anybody ever been rebuked? And maybe at the time it didn't feel good, but after the fact, it was like, okay, I needed that. Been there, right? Has anybody ever been corrected? Anybody ever had to be adjusted or challenged to be adjusted? Hallelujah. It happens, all right? See, the thing is, in the kingdom of God, you can't move forward without some of those kind of things happening once in a while. And you got to be okay with that. I said, you got to be okay with that. We're in a society today, you turn to them and you say, this isn't right, and they go ballistic on you. 
They run away, they avoid it, or they make lies or excuses and all that kind of mess. But child of God, if we're going to grow, we got to be willing to make some adjustments, be willing to be corrected once in a while, be willing even at times in our life, if we need a rebuke, we need a rebuke. Somebody came one time and said, well, you know, Jesus preached acceptance, love and acceptance. No, he didn't. He preached love and repentance. He talked kingdom. And everything that Jesus taught was about growing up. Did God accept you when you came in the kingdom? Absolutely. Did he leave you in that condition? No. Jesus was trying to get you to grow, to develop, to become all that you can be. Amen. So these benefits of the kingdom can begin to manifest in your life, in your households, in your families, in your health, in your finance. Come on, somebody. And we can go on and on and on based on the promises of God. It's about growing. Now, are you still with me? Or do you need to go home? I got a few in there. All right, verse 12. I thought I'd better read this. Okay, it says this. For this reason, I will not neglect to remind you. I love this. This is Peter talking. Now this is Pastor Jerry talking, using the words of Peter. I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Amen. Though you know and are established in the present truth. In other words, there probably isn't anything I'm going to bring out today that you hadn't heard before, or at least for the most of you. Right? Come on. Yes, I think it is right as long as I'm in this tent. In other words, in this body. It's my job to stir you up by reminding you of these things. And in this text here, Peter was saying, he says, I don't think I'm going to be here long, but while I'm here... I'm going to stir you up by reminding you any way that I can. So, Pastor Jerry is saying this. As long as I'm in this tent and standing behind this pulpit, I'm going to do everything I can to stir you up by reminding you that you have got to get stirred up to go up. And to grow up. Are you still with me? Now, we're not mad. We're not upset. We're not sitting here trying to be mean. It just all comes down that we got, amen, we got to keep thinking about moving forward. Take ground in our lives. Back here to chapter uh, 1 again, verse 2 now. Amen. It says this, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Hallelujah. In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, I'm going to do a few verses here. I'm doing a lot of word study in this, in this message today. Can you handle a few definitions? Because you're going to get a bunch of them today. Amen. Because we're trying to stir you up by reminding you. Grace, of course, a divine influence upon the heart. It's reflection in the life. Praise God. Hallelujah. And much teaching that we've done on grace. Amen. You find everywhere you find where grace is manifesting is because of people made movement toward God. You make movement toward God, you open yourself up for a divine influence to come upon you. How many know grace is a good thing? Grace is necessary. And then it said, and peace, okay? Irene is the, is the Greek word, all right? It's the same word used in the Hebrew as shalom, all right? But it means wholeness, completeness. But it means, praise God, a divine order that comes in the midst of chaos or to push back 
chaos. It means literally set at one again, which means this, bringing everything back to divine order. So we have grace and we have mercy that can be, it says here, multiplied unto you or to you, increased to you. Now, how many could use a little bit more of that? I like that divine influence and I like divine order. I like it when God gets involved in my life. I like it when God empowers me, amen, to do what I'm called to do. I'm glad when God gets involved in the mess, in the chaos, and he comes in and says, hey, let's set this thing right. Now, how many are excited about that? And we all want that, amen. Now, we may not do what's necessary to get that. In this text, it says, to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, this word knowledge is kind of a key word here. It's going to be used multiple times here in this text. Uh, there's some places that it's actually a different word. It's got a different spin on it. But this particular word here, epignosis, okay, it's kind of a extended out a little bit. It's kind of a, a weird a Greek word. But the word itself means an acknowledgement or a recognition of. It means literally brings out even a sense of full uh, discernment. But it's talking about acknowledging him. That grace and peace get multiplied to you as you acknowledge Him. The point that we're bringing up with this, because if we're going to grow up, then we might as well do it right. And if it's going to be done right and going to be done with a little bit less, uh, you know, uh, pressure on us, it's going to be by us looking to Him. He is always our source. Nowhere in here is you say change in your own power, change in your own ability, change in your own strength. He requires you to make some adjustments. He requires you to make uh, some decisions. He requires you to take some steps. But he always points you toward him. He says if you will acknowledge him, then these kind of things, this empowerment, this divine influence, this divine order can begin to manifest on your behalf. It will literally be multiplied unto you as you acknowledge Him. Are you with me? A good key verse for that would be like um, Proverbs 3, for instance. In verse, I think, 5 and 6, and there it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. In other words, as you're moving along day by day, you're constantly looking up and you're acknowledging Him. You're giving Him place. You're saying, Lord... As I move forward and step forward, I'm looking to you. And then the word says that he will direct your paths. What's that? That's called divine influence and divine order. How does your steps get adjusted and changed? I mean, if you're on the wrong road, let me talk to you about wrong roads. I got many a testimony about being on wrong roads. All right? And, you know, been in wrong roads, going along thinking you're on the right road and realize I'm on the wrong road. And it's nice. And now it's really nice. You just go, Siri, help. (laughs) It's wonderful. What a God thing. Whatever. Anyway, the point is, amen, it's nice to have a map that says, whoops, go this way instead. Amen. Okay, the point is this, wrong road is going to take you wrong places. That's not a, a real deep uh, deal, but it's the truth. You get on a wrong road, you may end up where you don't want to end up. But every time you get on a wrong road, you end up where the road leads. 
And a lot of people don't like where they end up. And they get mad because of how they ended up. And you go, wait a minute, stop. You're on the wrong road. That will never take you where you want to go. You're on the wrong road. Unless you're going to go all the way around the whole planet and somehow, whatever. But that ain't going to happen. Are you with me? If we're not on the wrong road, you end up in the wrong place. This isn't too deep. So it's nice when all of a sudden somebody says, hey, you're on the wrong road. Get on the right road. Well, I don't like you telling me what I have to do. Stop, stop judging me. Stop correcting me. Stop telling me what I have to do. Uh, if you don't get on the right road, you're going to end up somewhere you don't want to end up. So it's okay to look up and get leadership from above. Come on, somebody. Let the Spirit of God get you on the right road. But it takes a people willing to acknowledge him. In the busyness of our day, to stop and to look up and say, Lord, lead me. And when that happens, here comes now that divine uh, influence. Here comes that divine order. And it begins to be multiplied unto you. Everybody say, praise ye the Lord. As his divine power, verse 3 now in this text, as now we're seeing you know, a, divine, uh, a divine influence, a divine order. Now we're seeing a divine power, which is the word dunamis or dunamis, I guess, depending on, I guess I've heard it both ways. But the bottom line, it's miracle working power. How many like miracle working power? Miracle working power. His divine power has given to us all things. I looked up all things. Does anybody know what it means? All things. In fact, it you know, expands it a little bit, but it means the whole. Literally, the whole enchilada. Okay, it doesn't say enchilada, but you know what I'm saying. The whole, amen. All manner of, all means of, thoroughly, whatsoever, whatever you need, amen, that pertain to life and godliness, that divine power is there. But don't forget, it says through the Knowledge of Him or the acknowledgments, the same Greek word there, of Him who called us by glory and virtue or by His glory and virtue. Now let's back up on this. Okay, so His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life. Zoe life, absolute life, abundant life, the life of God and godliness. Okay, this word godliness is going to come up a couple times here. But this particular word has a spin on it. It means literally the gospel, the gospel uh, scheme. The gospel scheme, which means the gospel plan or gospel design, gospel layout. In other words, how the word of God has designed things for you and me. The good news, the gospel. So he says, listen, everything that pertains to that Zoe life, that absolute life that you're called to, and this gospel scheme, everything that this says can happen in your life, and flow into your life. All of it is available through His divine power. But it still again comes back to through the acknowledgement of Him who called us. You're called. Most people say, oh, yeah, okay, i got a call in my life. I've been invited in by God to do something in the kingdom. The, his glory, His virtue, amen, hallelujah, has called me to be something, do something. But remember, everything we're talking about and are going to talk about in this service, it comes through the acknowledgement of Him. If this thing's going to work, you're going to have to give Him attention. 
You know, a lot of times you talk about things and people just hear the do's and the don'ts. And there's a lot of do's and don'ts in the word. You can't get around that. But a lot of people, that's all they hear is do's and don'ts. But see, you ain't got, the do's and don'ts are just going to be nothing but a list of do's and don'ts if you're not learning to look up and acknowledge him. Because everything he asks you to do, he'll empower you to do it. Everything he asks you to do, hallelujah, he'll, he'll bring into divine order. He'll give you that miracle working power, whatever it's going to take for you to live the life you're called to. Even that godly, that gospel scheme, that gospel design, how this word set it up, it can manifest just for you, just like it did for anybody else. Why? Because you're looking up, hallelujah, you're leaning on God, you've acknowledged God, and man, he gets involved. Verse 4, by which have been given to us, in other words, through all this, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And we've talked many times, the word promise itself means an expressed assurance. In other words, something that's been expressed, okay, an expressed assurance on which your expectation is to be based. So in other words, the Word of God says there's all kinds of promises in here. Are you with me? He calls these, what he called them, exceedingly great and precious promises. Everybody say promises. It's plural, right? The word says this in 2 Corinthians in 1, verse 20, that all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Now, that's a promise from God. They're all yes and they're amen. Not, they're not all, well, maybe. Well, possibly. No, they're all yes and they're all men are all amen. The word amen means so be it. So, yes, and so be it. But what does it take? It takes a people still willing to get on the right road, willing to acknowledge him, amen, so you can be divinely influenced, be divinely, you know, put into a place of order in your life or whatever is out of, you know, in chaos or whatever, and a divine power, amen, that can come on the scene, amen, to manifest whatever it is you need to get the job done. A lot said. We've only just begun. By which, or by, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, through these promises, you, everybody say you. Look at your neighbor and say you. Everybody say me. Okay, so by, amen, that through these you may be a partaker in other words, you can experience, amen, something. Amen, have, a, have this be a part of your life that you may be a partaker of a divine nature. A divine nature. Well, what is that? Well, the word divine nature means a godlike disposition. Amen. It refers to, when you look it up, it refers to a, a sense of growth and development, but about it's, it's developing in his character, his traits, his attributes. Come on, somebody. A divine nature. That's what this is. And then he goes on to start talking about you got to add some things to your life. Why is that? Well, because we want to be partakers of a divine nature. But again, he's not asking you to add anything to your life without him being involved in it. 
as you acknowledge Him, amen, as you look to Him, as you lean on Him, as you give Him time, as you draw near unto Him, He begins to draw near to you. And here comes that divine uh, influence. Here comes that divine order. Here comes that divine power. Come on. So you begin to experience, okay, the divine life. Come on. Divine promises and divine nature. See, you can't grow in God without changing. Because none of us have arrived yet. Now, there's some of you growing and some of you moving forward. Praise ye the Lord. We rejoice at any amount of steps you take forward. We are excited with you. We rejoice with you. We're glad, praise God, that you chose to move forward. We're not here to, you know, condemn you in any way, shape, or form. We're just grateful you're moving forward. But none of us have arrived yet, which means all of us have to be added to. And we got to be okay with that. Because the idea is for us to be a partaker of His divine nature. His attributes. So we're, we're called to be Christ-like. Well, is there some area of your life that somebody can look at and say, eh, I don't think it's Christ-like. Could be. Not condemning, just saying there might be something in your life that we can go and say, yeah, we probably need to add to something here. Am I right? Look at your neighbor and say, it's a good thing you came today. So let's look at the list here. I ain't got a lot of time left, but, but let's look at the list real quick. So then it's talking about here, okay, be partakers of a divine nature, having escaped, okay, of course, the corruption or the, um, the word there literally means the ruin or curse or decay uh, that is in the world through lust. So that just means, bottom line, as I said earlier, we're, we're not backing up. We're not going back to where we were. We're moving forward. So verse 5, but also for this very reason, come on now, giving all diligence. Giving all diligence. We've got to look at that word a little bit here, okay? Giving all diligence. Okay, what does that mean? Well, the word diligence in itself means a determined and aggressive effort towards something. Okay, you're putting, you're putting some effort towards something, okay? So you've got to get involved. That's what it's saying. You've got to give all diligence to this, what we're going to talk about, which means you have to get involved with it. Okay, you have to get involved somehow or another here, Okay? All right, so you, to add, uh, or pardon me, let's read that again, the definition, a determined and aggressive effort towards something. It means literally a sustained or steady application. It means to give due attention to things. It means an inward motivation producing movement, or we could even say follow through, which is what we kind of talked about the last time I stood up here. Okay, you got to have finished faith, which means you got to have some follow through. If you don't have some kind of follow through, your faith ain't worth nothing. You can say all day long you believe something, but if you ain't going to have any follow-through, your faith is dead, it says. Lifeless. So you got to have follow-through. So he's saying the same thing here. you got to have some kind of diligence. And you know as well as I do, come on now, we've, most of us in here have raised kids, come on, that if there is no inward motivation, it may have to take a little bit of outward motivation to get somebody to do something. But it always seems better when there's inward motivation 
And life is so much easier when there's inward motivation. And I think it's the same in the church. It's just better when there's some inward motivation. He's saying here you got to have some inward motivation about this. Because it's hard to get any of this stuff to be added if you ain't willing to apply yourself to any of it. You ain't willing to hear it or you're going to get offended every time somebody says something that you don't appreciate or like or whatever. It's about growing up. Well, I don't want to clean my room. Tough. Get your fanny up there and get it clean. I'm offended. I'll tell you what else you're going to get. We'll work on that offense later. Are you with me? Listen, I'm just saying, you know, we all understand this on certain things, but God's saying, listen, I want to add something to your life because I want you to come into this divine nature. I want you to experience the divine life that you're called to. I want you to experience this divine power released on your behalf. I want you to experience a divine influence to help empower you to get on the right road. A divine order to remove the chaos. But you got to be willing to be added to. You got to be willing to apply yourself towards something. Now I know, okay, I'm going easy on it because you're all here. Right? So, believe it or not, that's what you're doing at this moment, at least most of you. You came, you said, okay, I'm here. Add to me. Isn't that what you said when you came in? Somebody said, well, I don't remember saying that, but, well, just believe me. That's, if you came here, that's what you were saying. Add to me, Pastor. Tear it up, brother. Till the ground. Plant what's got to be planted. Amen. Pull them weeds. Oh, hallelujah. Bring out the combine, whatever it takes. All right. Hallelujah. So you add to your faith. Faith is what? The Greek word pistis, uh, you know, uh, confidence, reliance, dependence, assurance, a belief, a, con- a conviction. That's what all this. So he said add to your faith. And we spent a little more time on that the last time I was up here talking about faith. And that's what he said. But you got faith. So it's, it, bottom line is this. You can't just go around saying, I believe. So it said you got to, if you believe, then you're going to have to be willing to let some things be added to you. Okay. So uh, faith, of course, the word is clear that the word says in Mark to have faith in God. Amen. Hebrews 10 and, uh, you know, uh, Galatians 3. Uh, we can go kind of on. I think there's multiple places. Habakkuk 2. I mean, it says, uh, you know, that we are, we, the just shall live by faith. That's how we live. But we got to add some things to our life for this thing to be productive. Come on. As he said it in the, toward the end of this text we read, amen, to be productive, to bear fruit, come on, to have an entrance into the things, the kingdom the benefits, the kingdom realm, to uh, live a life with less stumbling, oh hallelujah. Then I got to add some things to my faith. And it says virtue for one. Okay, so virtue. Are you doing okay? Am I boring you? Okay, well, it wouldn't matter. I keep going anyway. Virtue, okay. Uh, maybe I'll skip some things, but here we'll just look at it this way. It just means valor 
and excellence. Okay? Valor. The word valor itself means bold, brave, gallant, courageous. Amen. So it's talking about being bold. Now that's good. Amen. But it says, it says virtue. Come on now. Or I mean a valor and excellence. Now because the bold's fine. Well, if somebody say, well, well, I'm bold. You're not afraid to get in a fight. Who cares? He threw a punch. I'm a punching bag. I'm bold. I'm valiant. I'm courageous. Now, now it says, says, it says you got to have excellence too. Well, what does that mean? Well, uh, the word excellence in itself, um, let's get that here. It means to abound in something, do what's right because it's right. Remember Daniel 6, it said that, that da- uh, Daniel was a man that they had found. He had an excellent spirit in him. If you go back to the first chapter of that uh, book of Daniel, you find Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, amen, these four boys who had been, listen, who were taken captive, prisoners taken from their land, brought to Babylon. Then because of what they saw in these men, they begin to want to train them to be servants to the king and to those of royalty and leadership there. Well, the word said that they were ten times better than anything they had. Well, why was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ten times better? Because they had excellence. They did what was right because it was right. They saw that about these men. And these men, look what they experienced. And even when they were tossed in a lion's den or tossed in a fiery furnace, they came out without anything happening to them, praise God, without even the smell of smoke, praise God. Why? Because they had an excellent spirit in them. They always did what was right. Always did what was right. Why? Because it's right. So we're talking about being bold, valor, or valiant, or courageous. We're not just talking about being courageous in the sense you're not afraid to get in a fight. We're talking about being valiant in the sense of I'm going to do what's right because it's right. So we're talking about adding to your faith virtue. If you want this to work, you've got to be willing to be bold about, I'm going to do what's right because it's right. Well, everybody else lies. I don't. Everybody else cheats. I won't. Well, everybody else manipulates and maneuvers and does. Listen, that's them. That's not you. You've got to add to your faith virtue. Listen, say, Pastor, you're picking on me now. You're getting on me. It's the first word, and you're already on me. Listen, you got to add this stuff. We're not saying that you're going to leave here today and it's all working perfectly. Wouldn't that be wonderful if I could do that? It would be cool. Unscrew the top, pull it off, dump in what you got to dump in, bring her back down, send you on your way. Hallelujah. But you know, you're the one that's got to give all diligence to it. You got to add to your faith this thing called virtue. Then it says to virtue, you got to add something, and it's thing called knowledge. Now this is it's it's the same spin off the first words we we talked about earlier, but it's a little bit different. It has a little bit different text to it or, or context to it. All right. So this particular word here, knowledge, literally means a knowing of something. This is gnosis or gnosis. I can't remember if I pronounce it totally right. But the other one was epignosis. This one's gnosis. Okay. So it refers to literally having a knowledge of something. Okay, knowing something, all right? Having a sense of deeper insight about something. But it refers to an experiential knowledge. It's not just saying I got a bunch of more up, uh, you know, head knowledge. That's good. There's nothing wrong with head knowledge. But you can't just go on just a bunch more head knowledge. 
We got a lot of the church of the body of Christ, and man, they're going filling up with a bunch more head knowledge, but they're not experiencing anything. So we're talking about you got to add not only to your faith virtue, and not only to virtue, you got to add a thing called knowledge. In other words, a deeper insight, and you got to be willing for God to, Amen, show you things. So you can experience things. A good uh, reference would be like uh, uh, Ephesians 1, maybe like verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, come on, that you may know. And then it goes on to list some things you should know. And that word know there's again, it's talking about to experience, amen, amen, to perceive and to experience something. A good, a good verse, maybe we might work on that, maybe out of a, uh, I believe it's out of Psalms 34. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not just about enough to just say, you know, you know, in your head that God's good. You got to be able to taste and see it. You should be able to experience that. All right. Not that we go by feelings, but I mean, sometimes it's kind of nice when when they kind of get involved and they work for you and not against you. But you need to experience some of these things. So we're talking about getting, you know, coming in and hearing. We're not talking about just getting a bunch of head knowledge. It starts there, but you've got to be willing, praise God, for God to begin to reveal things, show you things, so you too can experience it. Whew. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to experience a few things. Hmm? Okay, then what, else, what gets added to that? I know every one of these we could spend a week on. But here we go. Self-control. Oh, my gosh. Really? You had to bring that up? Self-control. The word itself, self-control, means temperance, discipline, restraint. It's talking about godly boundaries and limits. I mean, no, you got to do that. You know, as well as I do, you know, you could put godly boundaries and limits on your kids. And to a degree, you have enough authority, at least you should know that, that you have enough authority to, you know, set some boundaries and limits. But when they get to a certain age, they have to begin to themselves set some boundaries and some limits. Come on, you know as well as I do. Now listen, we're not picking on you, but we're just saying, okay, they've got to add to these things. See, if you don't have any godly boundaries and limits, it's time to get some. It's time to say, you know what? Maybe I should talk decent here. Maybe I should, amen, stop lying. Maybe I should be kind. Maybe I should, I mean, whatever it is. Maybe somewhere along the line, you need to kind of rein in those boundaries a little bit. I lost you on that one, didn't I? Sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you got to rein this in. 1 Corinthians 9 talks about running a race, and he says, if you're going to obtain that prize, you've got to be temperate. That same word. You've got to be self-controlled. You've got to have some temperance about you in all things. You don't just go out there and say, you know, I haven't worked out in months, but I'm going to go, and I believe I'm going to win the race. Probably not, dude. Come on. Well, I just, you know, I mean, well, what's the big deal? It's no big deal. You know, God's got my back, you know. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You might have to kind of rein some things in, dude, because it's going to affect you. And if you want to win this thing and do this thing right, there's going to have to be some form of discipline there. In that same text, uh, 1 Corinthians 9, he brings out, he says, I discipline my body. 
This is, we're, we're talking about preacher. You think, well, preacher, preacher doesn't have discipline in his body. What? Heck no. We, we buffet it. Or buffet it. The point is this. Amen. He's here. We got a preacher talking, saying, listen, you got to discipline even your own body. You got to let your body know who's boss. See, that's all a part of this. Amen. You got to discipline that thing. Otherwise, what happens is you get, you get out of control. Pretty soon your body says, no, we're going to do this instead. And pretty soon you're crossing lines. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Has your flesh ever got you in trouble? Let's try that one more time. Has your flesh ever got you in trouble? All right. Now, it does. The flesh can do that to you. But, you know, if you don't rein it in, if you don't discipline it, there's no form of temperance, what happens is your, your flesh will always dictate. It will always wake you up in the morning, put you at bed at night, and tell you what you're going to do throughout the rest of the day. But you have got to discipline yourself. That's why he says you've got to add these kind of things. There's somehow we're along the line here. You've got to rein some things in here. Come on now. There's got to be some godly boundaries. Somebody said, praise the Lord. Then the next one is what? Perseverance. Hupamone is the Greek word. Many other words that are used uh, in, in, in the English language for this word. Patience is a key one. Endurance, constancy, or consistently. It literally means to be consistently constant. This word perseverance, okay? It means to be con- 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 you know, continue with it. you got to stay with it. Many people lose out on things because they give up. They quit. Stop quitting. Well, it isn't working right. Well, take a few more steps. Move forward. Let God show himself. Don't give up every time the pressure's on. Listen, your pastor's not mad. You know that, right? I'm just, you know, just stirring you up by reminding you. Amen? Not to quit. Well, nobody likes me. Well, you're not real likable. So maybe make an adjustment. I'm just saying. Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, this, this is going on, that's going on. Listen, maybe you need to make an adjustment. I don't know, but you, that's not an excuse for you to quit. You've got to have some perseverance. You've got to have some consistency in your life. The word patience, you know, uh, many uh, uh, references on that. Hebrews 6 and 12 says, Through your faith and your patience, you inherit the promises. Verse 15 of that same chapter, it says, through patient endurance, you inherit and obtain, I think it says in that verse, obtain the promises. Okay? Chapter 10, uh, another reference in this, okay? It just it uses the word endurance. Uh, chapter 10 in, was it 36? You have need of endurance, which is the same Greek word, hupobone, okay? So you have need of in, in, you know, endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. You ever notice the same, same thing? you, you got to stay with it. See, the enemy is constantly trying to get you to quit. Right. He wants you to quit. He's going to do whatever he can. He's going to pressure you here and pressure you here and get you to quit. you got to say, stop it, devil. I'm moving forward. Right. Right. And if you're telling me I can't, then I know I can't. 
Because you're a liar. Well, that'll preach. James 1 says, if you want everything complete and perfect, come on, lacking nothing, you got to give patience or the same hupomone. You got to allow it to produce something. But you can't just quit and give up and expect everything to manifest like you want it to. You got to press forward. Well, I don't like what I'm facing. Man, that's going to happen a lot. There's a lot of things going on. And it seems like there's even more and more nowadays. But that doesn't give you the license to quit. Now, you can quit. You have that option. You have that choice. Or you can say, I refuse to quit. I'm moving forward. To perseverance, you add a thing called godliness. Now, this is a word I looked at earlier. It's the same. uh, It just has a different spin in the Greek on this word. But this particular one means then a sense of holiness or piety. And I don't even I always look at that word and I always think I'm saying it wrong. But it refers to a sense of uh, to live reverent is what it refers to. But it refers to things like being devoted, loyal, true, or genuine. Real. Get real. How many know you got to get real? Okay. We can't just play games anymore. We got to get real about some things. So when it's talking about here, this thing of God, it's talking about living right, living reverent before God. Joshua 24 is real clear on that when he was addressing the people at the end there. We all know the reference about, you know, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Amen. I mean, most of us have that somewhere in our house on some plaque or some picture or something on our desk. Come on. Am I right? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But that was said after he said this, okay? He said we're called to serve him in sincerity and truth. You got to get real. And they all argued with him. The Israelites argued with Joshua. We would never. He said your fathers did. And don't think for one second that what happened to them won't happen to you. If you don't get real and have a purpose inside that you're going to serve God with reverence, you're going to do everything and follow Him and go after Him. If you won't do that, you're going to slide back no different than your fathers did. Second Chronicles 16.9. Are you okay? I'm kind of flying through this, but... The eyes of the Lord go to and forth upon the whore, seeking to show himself strong on behalf of those who have a heart that is loyal. It's referring to the same thing. That's real before God. God's looking for just some people to be real. Let me give you a New Testament one. Ephesians 6, the armor of God, the first thing it mentions, the belt of, you know what that's referring to? It's not referring to the word. It's referring to being true, being real. Because if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to defeat the enemy in your life, you've got to first get real with God. And that's what it's talking about. This godliness is about this, this thing of, of living devoted unto God, living, praise God, with a sense of reverence unto God, that God, you know my heart, you know every nook and cranny of my life, and I'm okay with that. Show me, reveal to me, change me, adjust me. What will it take to get more of you in my life? I'm willing to do that. Somebody says, praise the Lord. 
Brotherly kindness. Yeah, to godliness, brotherly kindness. Now, these are all things that you can, things you can adjust on. Brotherly kindness. You know what the Greek word is there? Philadelphia. Because it means brotherly kindness or brotherly love. But it means, in a sense, a fraternal affection. But get this, it means mature attachment. Mature attachment. It's not talking about some weird, funky stuff. It's talking about real stuff, getting real with one another, being okay with one another. How I many of that's got to be in there somewhere? I mean, if we're going to be things added to us, and somewhere along the line we've got to be willing to say, you know, maybe I need to treat people right. <laughs> Who thought? <laughs> uh, Romans 12 and 10 says this, talks about uh, with one, talking about with brotherly love, it says, but he says this, in honor, giving preference to one another. Be kindly affectionate to one another uh, with brotherly love, but I love this, in honor, giving preference to one another. So when we're talking about a brotherly kindness, we're not talking about just some surface stuff. We're talking about somewhere along the line being willing to be honorable to people, being willing to, uh, you know, give preference to somebody once in a while. Doesn't mean you lay down and get mowed over. Doesn't mean you do everything everybody tells you to do. But somewhere along the line, you've got to be willing to be kind to somebody. Say, you know what? They matter. You know, when you're talking about honor, the word honor literally means value. It means to give value. Somewhere along the line, you got to give value to people. People are stinkers. Some of you need spanked on a regular basis. But I value you. I mean, you hearing me? I mean, we all can go, you know, I don't like this, I don't like that. But somewhere like you got to give value to people. It's okay sometimes. Sometimes let God grow them up. Sometimes let, I mean, we're not encouraging mistakes, but somewhere along the line, let God grow them up. I mean, (laughs) you've all been so fortunate to see the perfect Jerry Roberts. However, if you would have seen me in the beginning, you thought, this guy ain't going to make it. That's the truth. There were some times in my life, in the natural, they're all thinking, yeah, you're not going to make it. No. But it, it took people being given preference, being honorable, valuing. As a result of it, I grew up, still growing up. Last one, love. You got to have love. So what is love? That's the Greek word agape, isn't it? Come on, somebody. A beneficial, it's, it's a, a bene, to be, bene, to give a benefit of unto or uh, ch- benevolent, pardon, benevolent or charity unto. It's the giving of self. It's a giving unconditional love. Amen. Being willing, come on, to, amen, have this deep, just like the word, it refers to a deep, a deep movement on the inside. And it's this. For God so loved the world that he gave. There is a perfect example of agape. God is agape, and he, because of agape in him, was willing to release agape on your behalf. Come on, somebody say, praise the Lord. 
But see, somewhere along the line, we got to add that to our life too. We got to be willing to say, all right, I too am going to love that individual unconditionally, no strings attached. I'm going to love that person. All right? All of these build on each other. It's not even really that they're all in the order of importance. That's not how this is. It's just that he's trying to bring out, there's all kinds of things here that you can add to your life, that you can make adjustments in. And I know it went long today, but look at your neighbor and say, praise God, he doesn't have to talk about it next week. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.